Industry Under Pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Check, check. Testing. Is this thing on? You guys can hear me? Okay. Very good. I'm, 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 I have to apologize. I'm flying a little bit uh, not in the usual configuration today uh, for a whole bunch of different reasons. However, that will not stop us from delivering an excellent podcast episode for you today. By the way, uh, you are listening to the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. Uh, you knew that, of course, but uh, I'm supposed to say it. So there you go. The Oil & Gas Tech Podcast brought to you right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network. OGGN is the premier podcast network aimed exclusively at the oil and energy industries. And now, you know, you hear people use this word premier. We're the premier this, we're the premier that. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I think that's the first time I've ever said it. But uh, in case you're wondering, what exactly do I mean by that? Uh, we are, we're, we're the biggest uh, we're the best, I think. I mean, that's that part's subjective, but biggest is is not subjective. So you got a little quantitative and a little qualitative in there. But the point is that more people listen to OGGM podcasts than any other than than any other network podcast. It doesn't matter. We're, we're the biggest. We're the best. This is where you come for all of your great uh, all these great shows that we do. And, and in case um, you know, in case you're you're listening to this for the very first time and you never heard me say this before. Uh, if, you, if you're saying, wow, well, what other podcasts do these OGGN guys have? Well, all you have to do is go to our website, which is, coincidentally, OGGN.com. And, and of course, I know I know that the, uh, the cool kids don't really go to websites anymore. I, I understand that. However, our website is... Um, it's a convenient place to just you, you can find the podcast page there. You can you can you can read about all you can see all the, all the shows we have. You can read about them. You can read about the hosts, and uh, and you can find out you know which ones you'd like to try out, and, and then you can link out to uh, to those to the shows and uh, whatever favorite platform Apple, uh, Spotify, what have you. Now also if you are an Apple Podcast listener, then then we also have a channel, and so you can skip the whole you know, website thing, and just go straight to the OGGN channel, and you can see all the podcasts there as well, too. Okay, enough of that. What are we, uh, what am I talking about today? Oh, yeah, so I am missing uh, one, one, one important component of the show today, and that would be uh, my guest, and there's a whole story behind this. Uh, there was going to be a guest, and then um, there was like a technical tragedy that occurred and uh, suffice to say in the end what survived was only 17 the, the final 17 minutes of our last of our conversation that we had and I just didn't think that you would want to only hear the the final 17 minutes so we're going to do it again um, and so so stay tuned next week and uh, it's going to be a great one too uh, by the way it was, it was such a great discussion. Um, I'll just say, I'll just leave you with this little teaser. Uh, you know, militia groups in Africa, tracking them and predicting what they're going to do next. But this week, uh, equally, equally fascinating, entertaining, and enjoyable, I have a topic that I, I do want to cover. 
this week. And you know, I'm I'm sitting there thinking about how. Uh, let's see, we're, we're we're getting pretty close to the fourth quarter of 2021, uh, which has just blown by. Incredible. I mean, I, I feel like it was just a few weeks ago we were we were we were getting rid of 2020. Uh, you know, finally, and uh, and we were so happy to have 2021 here. And yeah, you know, there's been some there's been some ups and downs. Certainly. Uh, our our beloved oil and gas industry is doing much better this year than it did last year, and I thought um, let's go back to earlier in the year because you know in the in the in the first part of the year people always like to make um, you know the, the pundits and the think tanks and everybody they always like to make a lot of predictions about uh, what are the what are the trends you know what are the things that are what are the things to keep your eye on this year and the industry so I, I pulled up a report here and this is a this is from March, March 8th. So, you know, really just kind of two months into the year. And this is a Gartner report uh, titled, uh, you know, very, very uh, cleverly titled, Top 10 Trends Driving the Oil and Gas Industry in 2021. And this is a, uh, this is a Gartner report. Uh, and uh, it's not, it's not proprietary. This is, so I'm not sharing anything uh, that you need the uh, subscription to, uh, to view. you might have to if you want to download it you might have to fill out a form and give away you know like a lot of information about yourself but you can still uh, you can still get this report and it is written by uh, Rich McAvee and Simon Cushing who lead up uh, the oil and gas practice for Gartner I actually know both of those guys and they're uh, great guys got they, they're real deep in the industry they've both been with Gartner for a long time um, I have, uh, have I have talked with both of them on occasion and um, and these guys know their stuff so uh, but it's always interesting to go and look back and see, okay, um, how how did how did the predictions turn out? And uh, and I have to say, first of all, just as from a general kind of uh, as a general observation, uh, these guys they pretty much nailed it. Now. I think a lot of the stuff that they were predicting would be important was already important. So uh, it's sort of like like standing in front of the bus and predicting that it's going to hit you. Uh, it's kind of already in motion. However, I think some of their descriptions about the whys and the what's driving and what you need to what you need to think about are very insightful. But I, I'm just gonna. So we're just gonna start uh, here. Um, it is 27 pages. I will not be reading. Uh, reading it to you today, and let's see what are we at. We're at we're at about six and a half minutes right now, and so I don't want to. Uh, I I do want to try to like I know you don't want to hear me ramble on for forty five minutes, so we're going to try to cover this pretty quickly. All right, let me scroll back to the top. Uh, viewing here on my trusty iPad Pro. Uh, here we are. Oh yeah, and it says right here it's a forty seven minute read. So. Um, you know, maybe maybe on your next launch hour, you get a copy of this and you read it. But I am going to deliver the cliff notes for you here. Um, and actually, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm really just going to focus on the parts that I'm interested in. So uh, there's a lot of overview recommendation. All right, sort of the executive summary stuff at the top. Uh, what you need to know. There's some bullets there. If you want to know that, you can read. Now we get to uh, the actual... What are these top 10 trends? Uh, and they have a kind of a cool graphic here that aligns each of the trends with one or more business imperatives. So uh, if you've ever been in consulting, you know they always need to find the business imperative. So there you go. It's on a, it's on a nice, uh, colorful picture. Now, here we go. Starting at number 10, in true David Letterman style, we are going to uh, we're gonna work our way up to number one. So number 10, uh, top 
oil and gas industry trends. Now, keep in mind also, these aren't these aren't specific. They're not all specifically technology trends, but they are um, business trends, operational trends. And but we're going to look at kind of how they connect with the technology initiatives. So number ten is multiple disruptions yield hybrid reformation of IT operating model. Now, I'm not going to read that to you again, but that is. Um, Somebody's consulting background is coming out right there in that statement, uh, hybrid reformation of IT operating model. Uh, you don't have to try to figure out what that means right now. Number nine, facing the challenge of attracting fresh talents. Yes, that we know is, uh, is, is ever bearing down upon us in this industry. Number eight, roadmaps to avoid carbon management chaos. Um, yeah. That's uh, certainly important right now. Number seven, connected remote worker drives efficiency and reliability, uh, and that's that's a hot topic right now. In fact, we're going to do a we're going to do an OGGN industry mixer panel discussion on this whole connected worker thing here in just a couple of weeks uh, here in Houston. That's that's a good one. Uh, number six, number six, re- number six, reliance on AI becomes more widespread and less visible, which might sound a little bit scary, but I, but I think it's going to be okay. Number five, key vendor partnerships define enterprise platforms. Um, that one, actually, I had no idea what they were talking about, really, when I read that. But then when you read, when you, when you read the details, actually, that's quite good. And, of course, all vendors want to be known as partners and, and, and not as vendors. So key vendor partnerships. Number four, Comprehensive engineering creates intelligent assets. Also, maybe not as obvious what that means, but there's some really good stuff uh, buried into that one. Uh, Number three, one of our uh, favorite hot topics these days, digital twins drive transparency and automation. Number two, accelerating digital innovation is now table stakes for CIOs, something that I've been saying for a while. I mean, I'm not the only person saying it, but um, but that that was clear. That was clear uh, really even before COVID. And now, the number one trend driving the oil and gas industry in 2021, as predicted in March of this year, is enterprise capabilities diverge as new business strategies emerge which just goes to show that even Gartner guys can uh, can throw a good rhyme together. So uh, what that one exactly means, you have to read in and dig in a little bit as well. But but let's uh, let's just let's just go through these and see what we think about um, these these predictions and and how and how it's going. So. Uh, the first one. So now we're going to we're not going to start at number 10. We're going to start at number 1. The one the one that I just read. Enterprise capabilities diverge as new business strategies emerge. I love that. I got to I got to tell I got to tell Rich that. Who whether I don't know if it's, it was him or Simon that came up with that. That's a, that's a good one. All right. Now, uh, here is here's the essence of this. Um, let's see. Uh, in prior years, uh, companies focused a lot of these optimization priorities and things, um, you know, basically they, they focused on things that were already proven within the individual business domains, right? So upstream, midstream, downstream, et cetera. Um, and, what, and what they're saying here is that um, over the last uh, um, 
that this this approach is no longer sufficient. We can't just kind of go in and, and work with each of these areas to optimize because over the last half decade or five years, for those of you who don't do math, business strategies within each domain have broadened. And they give some examples here, but basically what they're saying is as you look at upstream, midstream refining, marketing, they're all starting to do other, like they have these diversified business models now where they're going off and doing other things like midstream companies are looking at storage and trading strategies and refining is getting into biofuel and right, like, like and you know, upstream is, you know, of course having to step off into wind and hydrogen, and, um, step off into the wind. That's that doesn't. Um, <laughs> that's, that might be what we're doing, but 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 we don't know yet. So, um, so the point is, is that you can't. You know, as you come in with these optimization priorities, you got to go in and look at uh, look across the the various domains. Um, and uh, they also say that over the past five years. That a lot of companies, uh, half decade, by the way, that's what that is. Uh, a lot of companies, you know, besides uh, the external forces that we always think about, right? We think about market booms and busts and things. But now companies are becoming aware, uh, and, and the phrase they have here is of, I like this, of the waste embedded in traditional operations. So um, I think we knew that before, uh, they say over the past five years, I guess that's probably true. And it all started following the downturn of 2014. I mean, I mean you guys have heard me give this speech before, but, um, you know, when we start, we came out of 2014, 2015, trying to use all the traditional methods of optimizing the business. And when that didn't get us where we needed to be, at least not as far as Wall Street was concerned, then we said, well, maybe we better look at this digital stuff and take it take it seriously. And that probably started around 2017. And and um, and 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 they referenced things here like Internet of Things, you know, IoT, uh, artificial intelligence, remote autonomous, all the things that we talk about all the time. So, prediction-wise, I would say yes, this prediction is correct. However, this prediction would be more impressive had it been made. Uh, in twenty in twenty seventeen, then in uh, in the beginning of twenty twenty one, when all these things were already happening. However, uh, it, it's 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 fair to say that I think what they're saying here is these are the things that are going to persist now, and th these are going to be the priorities that people really start to invest more and more uh, money in. So there's that one. All right, we're, we're up to number two. Number two, and how are we doing on time? Fourteen minutes, not too bad. Okay, the number two trend driving oil and gas in 2021 is this accelerating digital innovation is now table stakes for cios and this i've you know this this has been my soapbox uh for quite a while uh even before i really started uh started uh, hosting this podcast which is coming up on a year here uh, very soon but even before that when i was out talking to people and and basically the point was um yeah, this is this this isn't just a science experiment anymore. This is uh, this is happening, and people people are going to be serious. So, Gartner says uh, that they had a 2021 survey, um, which must have been conducted very quickly at the beginning of 2021, and that 90% no, excuse me, 97% of oil and gas companies have defined their digital investment programs and have a clear line of sight to the substantial business value they will generate. A clear line of sight 
to the business value. Well, that is something. I mean, that's a huge to say that not only have you do you have your roadmap, but you've got line of sight to what you expect to get out of it uh, in the next four years, twenty you know through twenty twenty five. That is, if that's really true, then that's fantastic, and and we should talk about that on the Digital Doers Show, where we're continuously proving that oil and gas is in fact making progress in digital transformation. Um, the reason why they say this is trending. And this is where I, I don't, I'm not so sure I agree. But, well, I know they say, they say two different things here. So the first thing they say is that uh, digital innovation is, is, is kind of is a key component of, of all this uh, in the recovery from COVID. Um, and I think uh, perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps that gave a boost to certain areas, uh, you know, connected workers or, you know, some other things or remote workers. But... Um, but digital innovation, uh, just and, and it's and it's even evident in the sentence, uh, in, in, I mean in the in the section the the trend before this that said that uh, you know it was five years ago that we started saying uh oh we've got to do something different um, you know that I, I think that 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 uh, that's what's really driving this uh, table stakes now and I think COVID maybe just you know gave it a little bit of a of a speed boost perhaps. Um, so let's see what else do they say here. Uh, oh yeah, and then they and then they come back right around here in the same section and they say that this commitment uh, to digital was uh, is is a relatively new priority for oil and gas companies. Now you have to keep in mind that when somebody says this is new for oil and gas, they don't mean it's not this year. <laughs> new new is anything like kind of in the last you know decade. But uh, and they say right here, rising from an insignificance in 2014 when nobody cared about digital innovation to the third highest priority of 2019. So even before COVID, digital was the third highest priority. I don't know what the first two were, but there's probably another report that you can read uh, to find that out. So, um, and then they talk about how it was very difficult because there's so much technical depth and you don't really have the skills. And uh, and this is my favorite sentence right here. And I'm, I should talk, we should we should carry this over to the Digital uh, Doers show. And by the way, if you're not a listener of Oil & Gas Digital Doers, which is kind of a sister show to this one, then you ought to be because if you're listening to this, you're interested in technology. So in, in Digital Doers, we talk not so much about the tech, but about how people are actually making progress and seeing value from their digital initiatives. But anyway, Gartner says, despite the challenge, Challenges. Oil and gas companies are making strong progress. So I love that. I love that they see that. Um, and so prediction-wise, I think I predicted that uh, at the beginning of this year, or really even earlier. Um, but I'm glad to see that. Uh, well, and I guess they predicted it in March as well. So uh, so we're we're aligned on this one. Let's see what's next. Digital twins. This is number three, by the way. Digital twins drive transparency and automation. Um, yes, they do. And yes, they are. Uh, let's see. Now, this is, this is they, they, they call it right here. Uh, they say adoption of digital twins is growing quickly across, you know, everywhere, uh, which it is. I was actually even stunned to find out myself just recently just how many companies are deploying digital twins in so many different places because I remember just a year ago, it was kind of like uh, we were still trying to understand what, you know, what is the digital twin and, ha and what do we do with it? Um, and they say that here. They say the, the problem is that the term itself covers a wide spectrum of stuff, technologies and use cases, and suffers from inconsistent definitions. But, you know, we must be coalescing around something because, because people are starting to uh, use it. In fact, right here, uh, uh, another Gartner CIO survey in 2021 
that would be this year, says that 23% of oil and gas companies have already deployed a digital twin. 23%. So that's almost one in four, right? So at a, like, I mean, that, that's quite a lot. Um, that, that's not like saying 23% of the people voted for you to be class president, um, you know, which is maybe not as significant. But one out of four companies already deploying a digital twin somewhere. But here's the, here's the good, the, 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 the next part, that nearly 80%, 80% expect to deploy them by 2023, which is just really just a, a little more than a year away now. Um, 80%, so that's, that's obviously four out of five. Um, you got to ask a question, what, what's, what's that fifth <laughs> What's that fifth guy doing? But uh, everybody else is doing it. Um, and the growth of this is extensive, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, um, we're not going to get into, you know, I will, this, this episode will be too long if we try to talk about what are digital twins right now. Um, but most of us have probably heard about it. And, and, and it's really, they're being, uh, they're applicable in so many different areas. Um, of the business, uh, and and they're coming from all different directions, from tech companies, from EPCs, right? And they talk about this how um, that, uh, that, that that increasingly, like right, like now, the last couple of years, we've been trying to bring this technology into various environments and retrofit it to uh, to stuff that's already been out there and was built, uh, you know, in a in a different way. Um, these assets, uh, but now uh, the the expectation is that that uh, that these assets and things are going to come, you know, with this kind of capability built in, um, which I, which I think is a is a good prediction, and I think we are already seeing that some of the like some of the stuff that Technip FMC is doing with iComplete and iProduction, you see those capabilities already built in as a complete ecosystem uh, in 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 the whole the whole thing, right? So uh, their whole iComplete um, completion. Uh, you know, it's it's not a piece of equipment. It's the whole it's the whole thing, and it's all digitally enabled, um, and so you can do digital twins and analytics and all that. So I think uh, I think I think this is a good. I think this one's solid. I think that is what you're going to see, um, and uh, they say some other interesting things about it here. Uh, okay, where are we? what number are we up to? See, they didn't number them, and now I've lost track. I think we're up to four. Is this four? It doesn't matter. It's the next one. It's whatever the last one was. I did plus one. Comprehensive engineering creates intelligent assets. Comprehensive engineering creates intelligent assets. And this um, this gets to the thing that I was just saying, which is, um, uh, you know, let's see, what do they got here? Okay, up until now or up until recent, uh, a lot of d- digital tech initiatives uh, for oil and gas, especially for asset optimization, um, they kind of focus on one or two key technologies that are concentrated on a particular, you know, on, on, on these assets, which are very important. Um, and so then you, you have this stuff rolls out like, you know, smart sensors and digital twins. And those are, like I said, retrofitted, um, you know, to the assets that are out there. But what you're going to see going forward um, is, uh, let's see, what did, I, what did I say? What's what's the actual, I'm, I'm starting to get off on my own script here. I want to stick to what they said. So uh, digital assets such as digital twins, AI models, and IoT platforms often involve incrementally, oh, excuse me, evolve. They often evolve incrementally. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm saying, incrementally. Um, but what we're going to see 
is uh, new assets will be increasingly uh, will will increasingly be designed to integrate and support digital technologies from the drawing board, and uh, so um, I think I, I think I got ahead of myself on the last on the last section, and uh, and that's what we're saying here. Um, and I mentioned Technip FMC and the things that they're doing. Um, why is this trending? Uh, let's see. Here's an interesting tidbit. Uh, around 50% or more of companies plan increased investments in analytics, AI, machine learning, IoT. Right. That yes, we know that they're all they're all pouring more money into that. However, um, let's see. Many digital initiatives focus on using a small set of selected technology types rather than uh, kind of working across the whole. Uh, you know, working on individual assets rather than the whole asset base. So. This is, um, and, and they, they actually they get into this a little bit more, talking about assets that have been in use for a long time and the monitoring and the control systems were designed, you know, around, you know, SCADA architectures and, and all of that. Anyway, this is, a, I don't want to spend too much time on this one, but this is a good one. And you can see that what's happening is the evolution of here are some smart solutions that we can apply to what we already have to get these uh, these objectives that we want. But over time, everything's just going to be built with this kind of like you know you used to um, you used to buy a GPS device for your car and you know and you and you plug it into the to the the cigarette lighter or whatever it was right and you stick to the wind to the windshield and, and now you know cars uh and, and we got we went from that to cars you know vehicles coming with the gps built into it um and now we even have fancier things with apple play and the, whatever the google the android thing is and all that so um so that's what you're seeing is the those those capabilities just like that these capabilities will be built into the equipment uh, and the assets itself. All right, the next trend. The uh, key key vendor. By the way, that that prediction. I think. I think again. I, they nailed it. Um, that is certainly what we're seeing happen now. I mentioned Technip FMC um, and and some others that are doing that. Uh, I just I just like to talk about Technip FMC because they are an OGGN sponsor and we love those guys. Um, um, but again, I think they sort of predicted the, the bus as it was as it was sort of running over them. Um, <laughs> Rich and Simon, if you're listening to this, we can have a, a whole debate later. Uh, key vendor partnerships. Key vendor partnerships define enterprise platforms. So this one's kind of interesting. They go into like what exactly is an enterprise platform, and it's kind of hard to define because all of all these different variables. But um, but here's the key point: is until recently oil and gas companies have preferred to minimize this notion of an enterprise platform, you know, with the exception of certain back office systems. Um, and it, but in the operational environments, uh, they prefer instead to focus on integrating solutions for individual business units or functions. So uh, we could give a whole talk on that, but, but that is certainly true. And, and now here's kind of the, we get into the prediction part. Uh, the recent digital evolution has made it obvious that modern oil and gas companies need to provide unprecedented enterprise-wide 
access to their data. And that's and that's the thing that comes up on this show and on Digital Doers all the time is it's fine to have nice, nicely integrated solutions for all your different individual domains and functions, but we're increasingly seeing we need we need enterprise we need access to all the data from everywhere uh, across the company. And uh, of course, we could give a whole bunch of examples about that, but. Um, but it all sort of falls under this heading of optimizing business performance. And once you start optimizing the business, uh, you just it, that it kind of takes on a life of its own, and you and pretty soon you find out that you can make use of everything everywhere to make things better. Um, and so they say yes, um, that uh, greater enterprise level integration is needed for all of the all of the buzzwords that uh, when I was in consulting we used to put in all our proposals: uh, business efficiency, innovation, reliability, and agility. <laughs> And uh, and of course, you know, if you if you're pursuing all those things, this is what you need. So, let's see in the in the trending area here. Let's see. The Gartner survey said that 97 again, 97 percent is a popular number in this survey. 97 percent of oil and gas companies now have digital. Well, we said well, we read that already in the last section. Uh, ah, however, 68 percent, 68 percent of the surveyors of the, of the survey said. Um, they say that their company is seeking more strategic benefit from their IT investments. So they've made this investment. They've looked at it. They've said, they haven't said, this isn't doing anything for us. They've said, we need more benefit out of that. How do we get more benefit? And so that is going to drive uh, a lot of this stuff. I agree. I think um, if, you know, just if we look at kind of how the year has developed, um, this this one I think is is not is probably a good prediction. I'm not sure we're really seeing this this year. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if you could say that this one is driving things this year. Maybe in the early stages, but I think. Um, but uh, the O'Sullivan meter says that you're going to see more of this maybe in the next couple of years. Uh, but it certainly is 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 kind of where we're headed um, with 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 needing all of the data everywhere all the time. Next, how are we doing for time? Oh, we're getting to 30 minutes. You know, I might I might have to cut this short. Let's see, how many more do we have? I don't know what number we're on because they didn't number them except on the very first page. So let me go back to the very first page. Yeah, Reliance. Okay, so I got through five. So here's what we're going to do, folks. Um, I, I did these five, and uh, I will do a, uh, I'll do a part two of this. And if you have found the first part to be interesting, then you can listen to the second part, which maybe maybe I might even release the second part just as another episode later this week, uh, rather than taking up a whole other weekly. It'll be like a bonus episode. And um, however, if you, or, or maybe not, maybe I won't have a guest next week either, and it's going to be this. But if you, it, but if you, if you just listen to everything that I said and you, and you thought, well, that was a waste of time, like that's 30 minutes I'm not going to get back in my life, well, then you don't have to listen to the part two, and we, you can just go to the next one after this, or after the part two, uh, where, where I will have the guests that I mentioned uh, earlier, and, uh, and it's, it's a really cool conversation about what these guys are doing and, and, and bringing modeling, predictive modeling and AI to the world of, I mean, I don't even know what to call it, but basically they are helping oil companies in, you know, some unfriendly places uh, you know, well, not well. I shouldn't say it like that. They're helping oil companies who are operating in places where there might be some unfriendly actors there, and and they're helping them actually like identify threats and predict 
what might be at risk right down to uh, kind of down to the asset level. So, so that's going to be a good one. Um, uh, so stay tuned for that. And I already told you about all the OGGN stuff. Uh, I want to also uh, remind all of you who are in Houston, or if you're or if you're going to be in Houston, um, there's two things that you should know. Number one is that we are doing the OGGN. We traditionally referred to as the OGGN happy hours, but now to be a little bit more precise in our description, uh, lest you think that it's just a drinking party, um, there is value to be had. And so the OGGN industry mixer and panel discussion, and we always have a great panel discussion. Um, it's not always the same four people getting up there and talking about the same thing. Different topics, different panelists from different parts of the industry. And, uh, and those are happening more or less on the last Thursday of every month. Um, but but now we're getting into the holiday time, so things are going to move around a little bit. So just uh, go connect with us on LinkedIn, follow us there, and you won't miss anything. Also, um, if you're in H- or you're just if you're just traveling to Houston, uh, you know we always talk about the fabulous cannon on the west side. I I always I refer to it as the fabulous cannon on the west side of Houston. I don't know if that has caught on to their branding or not, but uh, but I think it should. And the cannon is a fantastic place uh, where we record a lot of podcasts. They have. Um, it's a it's a really cool co-working facility, but it's more than just a co-working facility. You just have to you have to go see it. Um, and their largest location on the west side of Houston, but they also have other locations around town. And if you go into any of them and say that you heard about it on OGGN, they'll give you a free day pass. And so if you're here in town, you need a place to work. Find the find the, the cannon nearest you and uh, and say you heard about it on OGGN, and they'll let you in. And that will do it for today, folks. Thanks, as always, to my audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who always makes us sound fantastic. And remember, um, you know, I always try to think of, like, a clever way to work into this little uh, thing I like to say at the end. But today, today, you know, like, all bets are off today. So I'm just going to say it like this. We were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.